This episode is in support of the British Red Cross. Disasters and emergencies can strike at any time and anywhere. With millions of volunteers across 192 countries, the British Red Cross is part of a movement that's there for people as soon as a crisis happens. Your support means they can reach anyone, anywhere, with the help they need to get through it. For example, in the UK, when an emergency like a flood hits, your support means the British Red Cross is there to give the all-important emotional support people often need. Help organise cleanups and provide them with food and fresh water. And as conflict in Ukraine tears lives apart, your support means the Red Cross movement has reached over 5 million people so far, helping families evacuate providing medical assistance and giving a warm meal and a listening ear for people to talk about their experiences. But without the kind of people who support the British Red Cross, their work wouldn't happen. You make what the Red Cross do possible. It starts with you. So, support the British Red Cross at redcross.org.uk. Thank you. Hello there, and welcome. Jack Cooper was a British stuntman who worked in film and television from the mid-1940s to the late 80s. To say he was a fine horseman would have been an understatement. He was in the same class as names like Cliff Lyons, Carol Henry, Dave Sharp and Yakima Canut. Described by a number of stunt performers throughout his career, as being the first horse whisperer, not in the Robert Redford sense, you understand, as portrayed in the movie of the same name, but as a man who spoke fluent horse. Whatever the scene required, Jack could convince the horse that this was the way it should be done. And sure enough, a few moments later, the scene was captured and in the can. Jack also realised that being a horseman wasn't the only way forward in the business. You must also take into consideration that at one time, if you didn't ride a horse well, you probably wouldn't work. So Jack became adept at car driving, falls and swordplay. With this bag of tricks, he could walk into any production and find work. Pulling a horse down on film on Monday popping up as a prison guard on a TV series on the Tuesday, playing a role in a show on Wednesday and Thursday, and falling from the rooftops, doubling the villain on the Friday. Jack was able to keep his skills in top form as he worked a great deal. Son of Robin Hood in 1958 is a great example of Jack being able to work in all areas. Stunt coordinator was Bob Simmons, who used Jack not only as a stuntman and double, but as swordmaster, putting the actors through their paces with the chosen weapons. The lead was American actor David Hedison, who many will remember as Felix Leiter in two James Bond films, Live and Let Die with Roger Moore in 73, and Licensed to Kill with Timothy Dalton in 1989. 
Jack would double him again in 1980 on the movie North Sea Hijack again opposite Roger Moore. David had cut his teeth of stage plays and wasn't too shabby when it came to waving a sword about either, so Jack was made aware of this, and on the strength of that and the rehearsals that had been done, David was able to allow additional movements into the routine, cementing the character's prowess with the audience. remembered as the double for Robert Shaw in the train fighting from Russia with Love, not opposite Bob Simmons as was often thought, but opposite stunt coordinator Peter Perkins. As editor and later on Bond director Peter Hunt said himself, the doubles were very good back in the 60s. And as you can see from the footage, it's hard to tell where the actors leave off and the stunt doubles take over. Jack was one of those doubles who became the actor he was doubling, an ability to mimic certain movements and mannerisms that would give a few signs to the audience saying, this is the actor doing the action here. And yet it was him doubling all along. Our man was brought down at 2 a.m. this morning. Here he is, in a town called Bethlehem, at the Schloss Adler, the Castle of the Eagles. Our job is to get inside there and get him out as soon as possible before they have a chance to get the information from him. Stealth and secrecy are only hope. You gentlemen are, I trust, stealthy and secrecy. Where eagles dare called for action in sub-zero conditions. Playing one of the Nazis, he is shot and killed and falls from the castle into his box rig below. Now, unfortunately, the tarpaulins had frozen over, resulting in a broken back and a punctured lung. There's nothing simple about a high fall, you know, he told stuntman Derek Ware back in the 70s. How right he was. Hi, I'm Rob. I'm Simon. And I'm James. We want to talk about those movies. Those supposedly bad movies. Those movies that bombed. To see if they weren't that bad, after all, join us every other Tuesday on the For Your Reconsideration podcast, part of the Pop Dojo Podcast Network. You can catch us on iTunes, Spotify, and all your usual podcast apps. And it won't cost you a solitary bean, mate. It's like it's free. <laughs> it's just like it's free.
His face was his calling card, and he often turned up as a heavy or a henchman on film and TV. The Persuaders was one of my favourite shows and had Roger Moore and Tony Curtis fighting the underworld or anyone who had a grudge to bear against the free world or a pretty girl or two along the Côte d'Azur. Jack would often pop up in an episode and in the very final episode he's a heavy working for a man who wants Lord Sinclair to throw the Grand Prix race that weekend. It's a very jovial episode in places, as noted in our first clip. Then it takes a much darker turn, as we hear from our second. Uh, we will be able to convince you before Saturday. But there's one other thing. You've been questioning the other drivers. That's right. Neither of you is to make any more inquiries. Well, shall we get started? Starting. Well, this is where you go to beat us up. It's traditional. Well, I wouldn't dream of breaking with tradition. Yeah. They're good, aren't they? Oh, excellent. I wish they were on our side. Come on. and again working for Bob Simmons Jack and Bob were good friends and knew each other very well both had a sense of leadership in fact Bob was very close to having Jack as his right hand man back in 1965 on Thunderball but he was already working on two other pictures that year and in 1977 at Pinewood Jack was brought in to assist with the tanker battle climax and on location he was a Stromberg heavy in the back of the car with Jaws and fellow stuntman Jimmy Lodge chasing Bond in his Lotus. And then in Egypt, 
He was the stuntman who was doubling for actor Milton Reed, who falls from the roof of the building after attacking Bond and being a very helpful chap. Where's Peckish? Where's Peckish? Pyramids! Ah! What a helpful chap. So, after a career which was full and fulfilling, what could Jack possibly do to relax? He was a family man, taking his children, grandchildren to the circus or the zoo or with him on location if he could. Been a lucky man, he said back in 1990 to a young fan. But the one piece of advice I'll give you is that being good is only the tip of the iceberg. You need to be the luckiest guy in the world. Make sure the ball bounces your way and be sure to catch it before someone else does. That could be the difference between a career in this business or a life of job hopping. How right he was. Jack Cooper died in 2010 and was 78 years old. 